A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, folks, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend. You folks out there who just use it as an excuse to have an extra day to drink, I hope you are sufficiently recovered from your your weekend hangover there. For you functioning alcoholics out there, happy Memorial Day, because let's face it, Every day is Memorial Day to you folks. And of course, to all my brethren in the LGBTQ plus tribe, to all of you folks, happy Gay Pride Month. I know you queens out there are getting all ready to start your party. If you haven't already, I know some of you are like, oh, I am not going to wait until June to celebrate Pride this year. I lost out on Pride last year. I am just, I am going to celebrate for months and months and months. Yeah. I know how you girls are. It's okay. You can party all you want. And I assume with the advent of gay pride that you queens have gotten your Kellogg's glitter cereal. I know you won't eat it right now. You will wait until after pride to eat that. The last thing you want is for any other gay to think that you got fat during COVID. And I know that that Kellogg's glitter cereal has got to have a huge amount of calories, so I know you're going to stay away from that, at least for now. But I know that you all will be going out and getting your gay Lego set, even if, folks, even if it destroys Mother Earth to do that, the oil that they have to pump out of the ground to make the plastic, to make the Lego sets, the amount of trees that have to be felled to make the cardboard, to make the container for the Lego sets, That's a lot of environmental destruction to have a gay Lego set, but I know you queens out there, and I know that that is not going to stop you from getting your hands on a gay Lego set if you can help it. And for you folks in the LGBTQ plus tribe who have an Apple Watch, I saw today, White by Malcolm X, I saw that Apple is selling, man, I really do, sorry folks, quick aside, I really do need to watch the P's and the B's on this damn microphone. <laughs> they just pop so much. And I know we try to filter them out, but man, this microphone is triggering to me, folks. Every time I'm about to say P or B or T or something like that, where the plosives, as they call them, I just get triggered. I'm like, oh my God, what if I say it too loudly? But oh well, it is as it is. Anyway, Apple is selling, folks, a Pride Edition, a very special Pride Edition braided solo loop band for the Apple Watch. And folks, it is the woke version of the gay flag. Oops, sorry. I hope nobody got triggered or butthurt about that. The LGBTQ plus flag. Sorry, I am old school like that. But it is the new woke LGBTQ plus pride flag. 
it's got the brown in there and it's got the black in there. So the old rainbow flag, I guess, is not woke enough for the woke folk out there. They had to add in the black and the brown. It's all set now. And if you want that, Apple is selling that for $99. So you've got the Kellogg's Glitter Cereal for, I think, 5 bucks a box. You've got the Lego, that gay Lego set for about $34.95. And you've got the Apple Pride Edition Braided Solo Loop Band for $99. So at least as far as I know, Kellogg's, Lego, and Apple are down for the LGBTQ plus struggle. I mean, they are down to make more bank for themselves, selling you this kind of crap. But hey, if you want to buy it, none of my business, more power to you. I assume, White by Malcolm X, that we are not going to go into Boston for the uh, Boston Gay Pride Parade. I did not think that that was an option, sir. I was just, I was just double-checking. i tell you what, folks. I am a bad gay. I am such a bad gay, I put it in my biography <laughs> to tell people that I am a bad gay. I've actually only been to one gay pride event in my 51 years on this earth. And I went to the one in Northampton, Massachusetts, when I first moved up to, to Massachusetts back in, I don't know, 2015, I believe it was. They have their very own parade. And actually, folks, it's a cute little town in Western Mass, but they actually have a rainbow crosswalk. That is how woke these folks are, at least for the LGBTQ plus tribe, the rainbow crosswalk. And they do a pride parade. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to do one, let me go to this one and just see what it's about. Folks, that parade was about 45 minutes. Everyone in the town and all the neighboring towns, I think there were about five of us who were not in the parade, but the entire town went into that parade. They had the little kids out there. They had all the little civic groups out there. Every single business in town had their little cluster of employees walking through. That was person after person after person after person. I was like, man, I need to get in on this action. Not really. I actually went to a bar with a big picture window, and I sat there, had a couple beers, and watched the train go by. But that is my experience with pride parades. Although, now that I think about it, I did, folks, when I was in Atlanta, we were, talk about typical gay, we were going to brunch one Sunday during pride, my ex and I, and we just happened to stumble into Dykes on Bikes as they went by. And for you Young folks out there, I don't know if they still have Dykes for Bikes, White Boy Malcolm X. Do you know about that? Why would you know? I don't know. I was just asking. Maybe you are a secret Dykes on Bikes fan or something. But folks, don't yell at me for calling them Dykes on Bikes. That's what they call themselves, Dykes on Bikes. But I did happen to see, we were out there walking to the restaurant, and all of a sudden, all these Dykes on Bikes <laughs> went rolling by, one after another after another. And I'm like, oh. I happened to stumble into a pride parade of sorts, the Dykes on Bikes. I have been to a couple of festivals, though. I went to, well, obviously the one in Northampton. After that long, 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 long parade went by, everyone wound up at a festival down the street. So I walked down there and hung out there for a little bit. White Boy Malcolm X and I actually did the festival in Boston a couple years back. We didn't make it to the parade. We were both like, meh, not really. We did go down to the festival after, and that was pretty fun, I think. Kind of? Okay. 
And uh, I did go to one in L.A., the L.A. Festival. A friend of mine was on the board of some gay rights group or something, and he had some VIP tickets, and a couple of us went down. It was kind of like, hey, this was kind of fun. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't too bad of an event. I just, I'm not a big parade fan in general, so I just don't see the value in a gay pride parade. Nothing against the parade. And, hey, if you like it, whatever floats your boat, I don't really give a crap. I'm just not a parade person, gay or not. I I don't care the stupid uh, Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. Don't watch that either. I just get too fidgety with those sorts of things. And people walking by one after another after another just doesn't do it for me. Not even folks at the Northampton Gay Pride Parade, not even the adult beverages can make that thing interesting. Speaking of pride, though, white boy Malcolm X, Nancy Pelosi. Now, we know that she and her twin eunuchs, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn, we know that they epically failed to honor AAPI Heritage Month. Nancy Pelosi failed to get dressed up as either a geisha or a Harajuku girl. Steny Hoyer, James Clyburn, her twin eunuchs, neither of them got dressed up as samurais. Now, Nancy, folks, Nancy is set for gay pride. And why? Because she already looks like a drag queen. A horrible drag queen, but she still looks like a drag queen. She dresses up like a grandmotherly drag queen. But, folks, we are calling on her twin eunuchs, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn. We want to see them as, I guess, the gimp twins from Pulp Fiction. Now, yes, I know that Pulp Fiction only had one gimp, but we want to see the two of them as the gimp twins. We want to see them in the leather shorts. And, yes, I just threw up a little bit in my mouth thinking of that visual. Put a harness on them. Put a collar and a leash on them. Nancy can walk around dragging her twin eunuchs behind her. We also want them to have a ball gag because we do not want to hear them going yap, 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 yap. Mouthing whatever Nancy wants them to say. They can take the month off. We just want to hear from the head drag queen herself, Nancy Pelosi. But White Boy Malcolm X, now that I have gotten that out there, any sighting so far, this is June 2nd. They've had a day and a half to get this done. Any sightings? None. Nancy, I'm just saying, you can shun the AAPI tribe, but do not shun the LGBTQ plus tribe. You're from San Francisco. Know your audience, Nancy. Know your audience. How was that opening monologue, White Boy Malcolm X? Much better. Holy crap. I about fell, about fell out of my chair there. I am, uh, yeah, I'm definitely more relaxed. I actually, folks, I saw a video, and it was talking about Olympians. Don't ask. It was show prep, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But it was talking about Olympians being asked about being nervous before they participated in their event, be it like downhill skiing if you're goose kit worthy or, you know, skating or what have you. But they asked them, were you nervous? And none of them were nervous. And it's because they channeled that nervousness into excitement. And that's what I'm trying to do. I am, of course, excited to do these podcasts, but I'm not approaching this opening monologue, this five, 10 minutes of just me yapping, yap, 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 yap. I'm trying to take the nervousness and turn that into excitement and psych myself up for the excitement, so to speak, of of coming on and getting to do these shows. But now that that has been said, too much has been said, I think, let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits. White Boy Malcolm X, midweek show. Let's keep it, I don't know, under 90 minutes. (laughs) Damn it, I just cursed myself. But 
Here we go. And the first one up is from Business Insider. Age gap relationships, intergenerational romance facing more criticism. So all you older queens out there like White Boy Malcolm X and I, those of you at least with boy toys, neither of us has a boy toy, but you queens out there who have a boy toy, and I know who you are, this is for you. Here's a poll quote. In 2021, there is a greater spotlight on the potential negative impacts of previously under-discussed power dynamics in romantic relationships can have on burgeoning adults. The perception around age gaps has changed, in part because society has a better understanding of how young people can be affected by past relationships. This awareness of illegal underage relationships is now being projected onto age gaps at large, despite levels of harm varying greatly. And I assume, White Boy Malcolm X, before I dig any deeper, I assume when they are talking about illegal underage relationships, I assume that they are directly addressing high school teachers. And we know, folks, we know about those high school teachers. I know how you high school teachers are. I know you cannot resist that fresh teacher bait that comes into your classroom. So I assume that they are talking about those being the illegal underage relationships. And apparently, folks, young people can be affected by past relationships. Hmm. That, to me, I'm assuming, folks, when they're talking about young people, they are talking about millennials and those kids in Gen Z. I guess they're talking about them being affected by past relationships. And the only thing I would say to you millennials and Gen Z kids out there, those of you who are trying to adult and be in an adult relationship, welcome to the club, kids. I just don't understand White Boy Malcolm X, or should I just assume that with these millennials and Gen Z kids out there, how sensitive they are and how special they are, that they are extra super duper affected by past relationships. I mean, that is kind of what they call adulting kids, that you have a relationship, be it, I don't know, like that high school teacher who had a one-off with a student, she called it a relationship, so maybe a night, a week, a month, a year. 20 years? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it can affect you. I was in a relationship for 15 and a half years. It did a little damage, I have to say. I have to be transparent and open with you folks about that. Yeah, it hurt like hell when that thing imploded about, I don't know, what is it, 12 years now? It does affect things. That's just the reality of the situation. Yes, of course, young people can be affected by past relationships. Older folks can be affected by past relationships as well. I just don't know why all of a sudden everyone is hypersensitive. Oh, if you're older and you date a younger person, you might screw them up for life if you if you go out with them. It's not my cup of tea, folks. Don't get me wrong. What do I always say? You never get a boy to do a man's job. And that includes, folks, given today's young men who, generally speaking, live in their parents' basement, playing with themselves, playing with video games, playing with that sex doll in the corner, reading comic books, all the other things that don't make them an actual adult. When I say don't get a boy to do a man's job, I'm also talking about of age, younger adults, people who just don't know how to adult. Intergenerational romance. Hey, if that's your thing, if that floats your boat, if that's what you're into, dating much younger guys or girls or non-binary folks out there, or the reverse, if you're into dating older guys or older girls or Older, non-binary folks, if that's your thing and you meet someone and you two are happy, I don't really give a crap. 
I just don't know why all of a sudden it's so triggering. I guess I'm just going to have to assume at this point if after I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of years these things have been going on, all of a sudden now it's a crisis. All of a sudden young people can be affected by past relationships and it's so horrible. I'm going to assume that it's this generation of young people that has, I guess, got everyone so triggered about the differences in age and how that might affect someone. Speaking of affecting someone, though, White Boy Malcolm X, this could impact Gus Kentworthy being able to get Colton Underwood a sugar daddy. If everyone's going to get triggered about these sorts of things and just suck the fun out of them, just like everyone likes to suck the fun out of everything these days, especially folks, especially the woke folk, because they don't want anyone to have fun unless there's equity in fun. And guess what, folks? Fun is not equitable. So in their book, nobody should have fun. And so two folks who get together, who have a huge age difference, they're not allowed to have fun anymore. Which is why I just I just stick to the, uh, I call it the plus or minus 10 rule. So I just take my age, I add 10 years. I'm like, oh God, 61, what the hell? Then I take off 10 years. 41, holy crap, that's a millennial. Don't want that either. So maybe plus or minus five at this point. From USA Today, Naomi Osaka announces withdrawal from French Open after decision to not speak with media. And here is a pull quote on that. Naomi Osaka played one match at the French Open before deciding she had enough. After receiving backlash for deciding not to partake in post-match press conferences at this year's tournament, Osaka announced on Twitter Monday afternoon she is withdrawing from the event. And this one, folks, I just found really interesting because the first story I had pulled for the show was that she had been fined $15,000 because she just didn't want to speak to the media. And I'm sitting there going, well, who the hell would want to? It's the sports media. God, I can watch ESPN, folks, and I can feel my IQ dropping. That's how vapid and stupid sports media is. I like to watch a game. If a football game is on or a baseball game, what have you, I like to watch it, but do I want to hear a bunch of talking heads yap, 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 about sports? No. Complete waste of my time to listen to them do that. And apparently, she suffers from, I believe, depression. She calls herself a bit of an introvert. And these interviews having to go up in front of the media causes her a lot of anxiety and the stress from that. She just didn't want to deal with it. But they make them do it because they need the press to, like, I don't know, drum up coverage and make everyone want to watch this stupid thing. But I feel bad for the girl because I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I am fine in front of a microphone or a small group of people, but do I want to get up in front of a room full of media types and listen to them go, yap, 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 and ask their stupid questions and have to answer their stupid questions? No, I would not want to do that, especially tennis. What the hell are they going to ask her? What were you thinking on that last serve? Hit the ball. That's what I was thinking, you idiot. Next question, please. But the media, folks, and the sports media is not excluded from this. They need their validation. They need their love. They need their attention. I'm sure they were a little butt hurt when she was like, nah, don't want to talk to those clowns. They were like, why isn't she talking to us? That's not right. She needs to be out here to talk to us. We're the media. We're the sports media. We know everything. Da, 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 da. And the French were like, oh, we must deal with the media. They will call us evil names if we do not get her out here. You must go out there and talk to the media or we will find you $15,000. She was probably like, to whom do I write the check? Good for you, Naomi Osaka. 
Hang in there. From Fox Business, listen to this. American Airlines joined Southwest in delaying alcoholic beverage sales as passenger violence rises. Oh, no, no booze on an airplane? Let's find out more. Here are a couple pull quotes. It's going to be a dry summer on American Airlines flights this summer. The carrier will delay selling alcoholic beverages to main cabin passengers as the amount of violent incidents on board have increased, according to the Dallas Morning News. Situations have ranged from passengers refusing to wear masks, oh, not supposed to do that, to fights with flight attendants. American will refrain from resuming alcohol sales until at least September 14th, when the federal mask mandate expires, according to one crew member. So I guess, folks, I guess it is good to fly in the front of the plane, because they are still serving booze up there. I guess they don't get as rowdy in first class, and even if they do, there are fewer of them to get rowdy. But in the back of the plane, I guess not. Should I say that, White Boy Malcolm X? You're fake black, so you might be able to answer this question for me. Is it triggering if I refer to the back of the plane as the back of the plane, right? Because that could be triggering to folks who are thinking back of the bus. And we know what that means, folks. So is that to you, sir? Is that triggering if I say back of the plane? Not really. Well, that is not a definitive no. So maybe I should just avoid that. I don't know who's getting drunk on an airplane these days anyway. I actually got drunk on a plane once, folks. <laughs> just once. Once was enough for me. It was a uh, it was a 15-hour flight. I had to go from San Francisco to Hong Kong. And so I spent about five hours drinking. And then I spent about five hours sleeping. And then, folks, for the last five hours of that flight, I spent it really, 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 really hungover. I was like, man, please, sweet baby Jesus, please, 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 can we land this plane now? Because I am hurting up a storm Hung over like this. So if you're in the back of the plane going, eh, eh, stewardess, I need a beer, eh, eh. You know, you're probably on a flight to Florida or something like that. But if you're back there doing that, you're going to have to slow your roll, at least for the next couple of months. So I guess go get drunk in the lounge before you get on the plane and then just ride that buzz all the way to your destination. From the Epoch Times, Anti-racism consultation for American schools is becoming a lucrative business. Hmm. I am, uh, I am so shocked. Shocked, I say, folks. I am horribly shocked that someone is profiteering off of anti-racism and wokeness. How dare they? I mean, other than Patrice Kahn Coolers, folks. We know she is making huge bank selling her woke crap, Ibram X. Kendi. Tineshi Coates, all those woke folk as well. They're all making money. And now I guess, folks, not surprisingly, of course, the anti-racism consultation in schools and businesses, those folks dragging that woke crap into your job, into your kids' schools, they're making huge bank as well. I guess there is plenty of money to go around for all the good woke folk out there. Here are a couple pull quotes, though. In today's environment of political correctness, a new service is capitalizing on American schools' growing demand for anti-racist education. Ethnic studies consultants are making a fortune in the diversity marketplace by providing their services to America's schools and corporate workplaces. Like Lockheed Martin, and we learned about that, folks, on our Sunday podcast. <laughs> 
The training they offer, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, has become a lucrative industry in recent years. Not surprised, but I got, folks, I just got nothing else to say about that. It speaks for itself, unfortunately. Speaking of BLM and the woke folk, though, how is this from the post-millennial? BLM activist steps down from school board after allegations he molested up to 62 children. Not one, folks. Not two, folks. Not even five, folks. 62. And here are a couple pull quotes. Denver School Board Director-at-Large Tay Anderson, a fervent Black Lives Matter activist, is accused of molesting over 60 undocumented students using the residency status of the children to target kids as young as 14 years old. So if the coyotes didn't molest them first, getting them over the border, Tay Anderson took care of business, I guess, allegedly. Anderson has since called the accusations unsubstantiated false accusations, He announced via Sunday press release that he will be stepping back from everyday board functions until the independent investigation is completed, but is confident the ongoing probe will prove Anderson's innocence. I look forward to returning in the coming months, I bet the kids don't, to continue the fight for Denver students, Anderson wrote, adding that he will refrain from comments until then. You know, now that I think about it, I guess I don't see the problem here. No, white boy Malcolm X, I... I do not see a problem here. I mean, I guess, folks, I mean, what would be the problem with Malcolm X? The volume of kids that he molested or allegedly molested? I mean, in all seriousness, how many teachers bang a kid or two or three, what have you, and they get a slap on the back of the hand? They get, for the most part, probation. A couple of states like Texas and Arkansas, those southern states, they'll lock your ass up for 10 to 20 years for touching another person's kid. But a lot of these teachers either get probation or suspended sentence. They get off with a very light slap on the back of the hand. So unless we're just going to argue the volume of kids, I mean, this guy, folks, he is putting a lot of high school teachers to shame. He is showing them how it's done. If there were a competition to who could bang the most students, this creeper would not only take home the big trophy. I don't think, folks, that they would even bother to hand out participation trophies to all the teachers who only banged one or two students. Talk about serving up an insult, especially, folks, especially to those millennial teachers out there banging those kids. They want the participation trophy. They would get super-duper butthurt if they didn't even get that for taking the time to tap a student. So Tay Anderson and all you other teachers out there, again, I'm going to tell it to you, never, ever, 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 Get a boy to do a man's job. And we can just assume, folks, that if this story gets into the mainstream media, it probably won't, but assuming it does, I guarantee you, his association with BLM will never see the light of day. From Breitbart, China demands access to U.S. military bases to probe coronavirus lab leak. Just when, folks, just when the mainstream media, so trigger-happy to call Donald Trump a nutjob and a liar. You know, they initially dismissed, because of course it came from Donald Trump, that this virus potentially came from the Wuhan lab there. They were like, ah, that Donald Trump, he's a nutjob. This thing, no, it's not possible for it to have come from that lab. If Donald Trump says it so, we must believe the exact opposite. 
Not possible. That guy's crazy. Apparently now, though, folks, now they're looking at it like, hmm, maybe there is something to that. I mean, they are not going to give Donald Trump any credit for saying it first, but it is good to see at least that they are taking up that mantle and looking into this thing as a possibility. But the Chinese folks, Chinese are not going to take that line down. Here are a couple pull quotes there. The United States should immediately launch a virus origins tracing study on itself and grant global scientists access to its military laboratories. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman, hmm, how am I going to pronounce this? Zhao Linjian asserted Thursday. Xiao made the demand for access to sensitive American military facilities and, in particular, the U.S. Army Biological Laboratory at Fort Detrick, Maryland, in response to mounting global interest in the potential that the Chinese coronavirus originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, a biological facility known to have been studying bat coronaviruses at the onset of the pandemic. I do have to say that I, in some way, I admire the chutzpah of the Chinese to toss that right back in our lap. You want to accuse us of creating this virus and releasing it into the world? We're going to turn that around and accuse you of doing the exact same thing. This is what you call first-class gaslighting. You want to accuse us? We're going to accuse you right back. We're going to accuse you of everything that you accuse us of. We are going to demand of you everything you demand of us. We are going to just cloud the issue up because you know what the mainstream media is going to do. Maybe the U.S. is actually guilty. We hate the U.S., so naturally we want to believe our Chinese overlords and blame the U.S. for everything. And, of course, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, they're already bending over for the Iranians. They might as well bend over for the Chinese as well. Oh, sure, we'll open up all our labs so everyone can come in and inspect them. We have nothing to hide. Chinese send in their best spies to figure out exactly how our labs are laid out and what they need to do to replicate them. I mean, you got to give them a little bit of credit. I think the Russians do this as well. It must be embedded in the communist mindset. Keep telling the big lie over and over and over and over again. I guarantee to you, folks, at some point, if the Chinese keep this up, people are going to start asking, what's going on in U.S. labs? They will be successful because they're just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And let's face it, folks, the U.S. media, they think they're really smart, but not really. I would not say that they are the brightest bulbs in the shop and they're going to be the easy ones to convince to start asking questions about possible U.S. military involvement with the coronavirus. And if for some odd reason the U.S. media doesn't go down that path, they will at least take really, really, really good notes to learn from the Chinese Communist Party how to lie better. From the New York Post, homeless man who was arrested eight times last year charged in New York City Asian attack, cops say. Uh-oh, let's find out more about this. A homeless man with dozens of prior arrests was busted for slugging an Asian woman in Chinatown on Tuesday, and frustrated top cop Dermot Shea said the suspect was free to put New Yorkers at risk because of the state's revolving door justice system. Alexander Wright, 48, faces assault as a hate crime and assault... What? Well, yes, I know he's black. Oh, yes, white boy Malcolm X, I... Good call. I apologize, folks. In fact, if you could not remember this story, I I forgot the media narrative. Although White by Malcolm X, we did have that nutty professor. And yes, folks, I do know that's redundant. We did have that nutty professor who said even if a black person beats up an Asian person, 
technically, it's still Whitey's fault. White supremacy drove the black guy to hit that poor Asian lady. So I think it is perfectly fine to mention that Alexander Wright, 48, does face assault and hate crime charges for hitting that poor woman on Monday. Because, white boy Malcolm X, we can still blame Whitey for this one. So, Whitey, we got you again. I don't care that a black man hit this poor woman. It's Whitey's fault. And it's funny, folks, because the New York Post, acting like the New York Times for some reason, didn't bother to put his race in there. But there were the pictures right there. I mean, I guess the only way he would not be is if he identified as white. If Alexander Wright comes out and says, folks, I identify as white, and that was my white supremacy making me hit that woman. Then I will come onto this podcast and, I don't know, apologize, I guess. I don't know if someone got butthurt about that. I know you leftist out there. Why are you always picking on the BIPOC folk? Everyone knows it's Whitey's fault about everything. Yes, 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 we know. Calm down out there. And for our last news quick hit, white boy Malcolm X. How is this? This this train wreck is back. Another one, just like herpes, just when you think they're gone, boom, they are back again. From page six, which is the New York Post gossip page, is Harry Styles launching a perfume and makeup line. Quite frankly, I don't care, but let's find out more. Here are a couple of pull quotes. Is Harry Styles the next celebrity beauty mogul? According to documents obtained by Page Six Style, the Golden Singer, and folks, I assume that Golden is a song that he has sung. Never heard it, but I guess that's the case. 27 was recently named as the director of a newly registered company, which promises to offer fragrances and cosmetics. The company, called Pleased as Holdings Limited, was registered with the UK company directory on May 25th and sleuthed out by Styles fan account at the Harry News on Friday. And if you are subscribed to the at Harry News fanboy website, <laughs> Jesus Christmas, get a life. White boy Malcolm X. When is this queen going to just come out of the closet? <laughs> this is the longest creeping out of the closet I have ever witnessed in my entire life. Colton Underwood, folks. That queen, I mean, yes, she was on The Bachelor, The Virgin Bachelor, right? He is a gold star queen. That queen took a shorter amount of time to come out of the closet than Harry ever could hope to. Jesus Christmas. This is just kind of exhausting to have to put up with Harry Styles peeking out of the closet. Hello, hello. Every so often, just kind of peeking his head out. Can I come out now? Can I come out now? No, I think I'll stay inside for a little bit longer. You're exhausting me, Harry. You are absolutely exhausting me. So just get it out of the way, dear. Get it out of the way. Although, hold on a second. White boy Malcolm X, question for you. Because let's face it, folks. Apparently, I think one of the Jenner Spawn are involved in some sort of fragrance and cosmetic line or something like that. And apparently, it's huge money. So white boy Malcolm X, closet case is Harry Styles. Hold on a second. Is Harry Styles a closet case? Or, you're not allowed to pick both, or is this shtick just so he can make huge bank by appealing to the queens and all the chicks, all the fangirls and fanboys out there going, oh, I just love Harry Styles. He's so avant-garde. He likes to dress up as a woman. He's so risque. Oh, whatever. I don't, 
whatever the hell he's doing. What do you think it is? Closet case or shtick for money? Because let's face it, folks, what is the shelf life of a former boy band member? I suspect not very long. He's 27 years old. He's going to wind up a backstreet boy at this rate. So what do you think it is, Wipeo Malcolm X? You think closet case. I don't disagree with you. I think the cynic in me says he's just carrying on like a, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I think he's just doing it for money. That's the cynic in me thinking he's just doing all this shtick for money. But since I can't choose all the above, I mean, theoretically, Wipeo Malcolm X, he could come out of the closet and make a lot of money. That's what Colton Underwood is trying to do with the help of Gus Cantworthy. But I suspect, since I only gave you the option of one or the other, I will give myself the option of one or the other. I think he's just a closet case as well. Harry, it's Gay Pride Month, dear. Princess, it'll be okay. Fling open that closet door, honey, and step out proudly. And I don't even give a crap if you put a dress and heels on to do it. Just do it already. Okay, folks, now that our news quick hits are over, it is time for our news pile, our news stories. Yes, white boy Malcolm X, gay is at the front, smoking gun is at the back. And I think, folks, I think, just to tease you, I think it's going to be a pretty decent smoking gun story. It is in Florida, and my folks in Florida never, ever, 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 ever disappoint me with their crazy. But we'll get to that in a little bit. I think we got about four or five stories ahead of that. So let's go ahead and jump right in. This first one is from The Advocate. And here we are again, folks. Another version of Herpes. Queer comic books. Yet again. As if we haven't had enough of queer comic books and queer superheroes out there. No. We have something else. Apparently, folks, we got more. So let's go ahead and find out what this is about. Queer comic books get the attention they deserve at the Lammies. The Lammies, streaming online Tuesday, the 1st at 7 p.m. Damn it, we missed it, White Boy Malcolm X. Is the annual award show by LGBTQ plus literary organization, Lambda Literary. Since 1989, Lambda Literary has celebrated and spotlighted some of the best queer literature with their Lammy Award event. This year, the award show goes viral, and again, damn it, we missed it and promises an exciting performance by Grammy winner Michelle, Jesus Christmas, how do you pronounce that last name, and Degacello. And Michelle, I apologize for butchering the hell out of your last name. For the past 33 years, Lambda Literary has featured 24 categories for readers of all ages, identity, and interest. Some nominees include literature written by debut authors, self-published authors, books by big and small publishers, in diverse categories as LGBTQ erotica. <sighs> oh, goodness. Can you imagine, White Boy Malcolm X, LGBTQ erotica? And let's face it, folks, they left the plus off on purpose. <laughs> they did not want to see the plus and erotica put together. Gay romance and transgender poetry. So after you got done doing whatever with yourself, reading your LGBTQ erotica, you could cleanse your soul by reading some transgender poetry. Of those 33 years, it's only been the past seven that comic books have been added as their own category. And gee, folks, I wonder why comic books are suddenly coming into play here. 
Hmm. I wonder if it has anything to do with millennials and Gen Z hiding out in their parents' basement, playing with themselves, playing with video games, eyeing up that sex doll in the corner, reading comic books, playing Pokemon cards, all this other sort of crap they're doing down there because they just don't know how to adult. And so what do they do? They do all that stuff I just mentioned. Do you want me to mention it again? Yes, Wipe Out Mechamex. Playing with themselves, playing video games, eyeing up that sex doll in the corner for round two because they just got done with round one, playing Pokemon cards, reading comic books, doing God knows what down there, stinking the place up, freaking their parents out, freaking out everyone in the neighborhood because they don't know how to adult. According to William Johnson, Deputy Director of Lambda Literary, this category was created to correct an oversight from the past and to honor the dynamic creators who are working today. While a Lambda Literary Award dedicated to honoring LGBTQ comics was not established until 2014, Lambda has often recognized the importance of queer comics to our literary culture, Johnson says. Only if you live in your mother's basement, playing with yourself, playing with video games, eyeing up that sex doll for another round, playing with your Pokemon cards, reading comic books, doing all sorts of weird crap down there and freaking everyone out in the process. That's the crew that thinks that's important. The reason this category was recently added is that we don't want the awards to become a mausoleum. For them to be vital, they always have to be evolving and offer a snapshot of the contemporary literary landscape. Anytime comic books are legitimized as literature is a win for queer geeks everywhere. And I am done reading that. <laughs> I'm exhausted just reading those couple of paragraphs. So I hope that makes you feel better over at Lambda Literary. And I hope all you gay comic book nerds feel better about this. And I hope you enjoyed watching that. I'm sure you were down there hanging out in your basement watching that crap. So enjoy, folks. Hey, that floats your boat. More power to you. I wonder, Wipo Malcolm X, I wonder how many of this latest generation, this latest batch of kids, I wonder how many of them can actually read a book that doesn't involve cartoon pictures and, uh, and bubble caps for people's dialogue. I don't think any of them could read Gone with the Wind. They'll get the size of that book and they're like, what the hell? There are no pictures here. What's going on? I don't know what to do with this. Don't worry, kids. Just read your damn comic books. From the Washington Examiner, it's all a facade. Mother slam BLM co-founder for profiting off their son's deaths. And this, folks, this is another one to file under, well, duh. Mothers who have lost their sons during police shooting incidents are criticizing Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Coolers, who recently announced that she was parting ways with the group. They are benefiting off the blood of our loved ones, and they won't even talk to us. Samaria Rice, the mother of a 12-year-old boy who was fatally shot by Cleveland police in 2014, told the New York Post. I don't believe she is going anywhere. Oh, she is, Samaria. She is going to make more bank, huge bank, even huger bank, if you can say that, off another book deal and her Warner Brothers development deal. For them to be woke and pay her for the privilege. Coolers, the executive director of Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, recently announced she was leaving the organization amid controversy surrounding the group's finances and her personal acquisition of $3.2 million in real estate purchases. Rice described the announcement as a facade, 
and predicted that Coolers was only saying that to get the heat off of her right now. They are benefiting off the blood of our loved ones, and they won't even talk to us, said Rice. Lisa Simpson, who claims she never received funds that Black Lives Matter Los Angeles chapter raised after Los Angeles Police Department officers shot and killed her 18-year-old son Richard Reicher in 2016, similarly said that the director was personally profiting from BLM's fundraising. She was raising money in our dead son's names and giving us nothing in return, Simpson told the outlet. Now she doesn't have to show her accountability, she said. She can just take the money and run. We don't want or need y'all parading in the streets, accumulating donations, platforms, movie deals, etc. off the death of our loved ones while the families and communities are left clueless and broken. Don't say our loved ones' names, period. That's our truth, the duo added. Well, I hate to say I told you so, but uh, finally, folks, finally. I mean, I have been calling, and no offense to Maria and Lisa, but I have been calling these folks in the black community who have been supporting Black Lives Matter useful idiots, propping these folks up and making them into huge household names that the corporations are then like, oh, we got to appear woke. We got to appear down for the struggle. Let's start writing multi-million dollar checks. That's how Black Lives Matter gets their money. That's how they keep that money. And Samaria and Lisa? Patrice has three houses in Los Angeles, dear. So good luck trying to find her, because if you're at one, she's probably snuck off and gone to another one. She can hide from you forever, like that uh, shell game, right? She can be popping in and out of all her different houses, tricking you. You want to go down and have a conversation with her? about how she is profiting off your dead kids' names, you will never find her. And if she's not at home, she's probably on the Warner Brothers lot, picking up another check to walk down to the bank so she can pay the mortgages on more houses. Let's face it, folks. She only has $3.2 million in real estate. That is an embarrassingly small real estate portfolio for a woke folk. And you know, folks, there's probably some sort of internal competition between all the woke folk about who can make the most money selling this racist crap. I bet Ibram's like, I wonder how many houses Patrice has these days. If she's got four, I want five. I need to write another book. I can sell it to stupid white people who want to assuage the white guilt by giving me money. I just need to find a way to take out that white interloper, Robin D'Angelo, making woke money. And she's a white chick. In all seriousness, folks, it is an absolute shame what has been going on. But let's be realistic about it. Let's speak truth to power. Patrice Kahn Coolers and all these other good woke folk out there getting rich, 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 rich are never going to be held to account for what they're doing, which is basically just getting rich off of destroying the cultural fabric of our society, trashing whitey, selling racism to beat up on whitey, blaming whitey for everything. Nobody is ever going to call her into account. Nobody will call any of them into account. And we know this because, let's face it, folks, Nobody, well, I should probably qualify that. Very, very, very few organizations bothered to discuss how rich Jesse Jackson got selling his brand of racism and racial injustice in the 80s and 90s. I would say the same thing about Al Sharpton, but we all know, folks, that he is a clown with money and burns it faster than he earns it. This story's in the Washington Examiner, but does anyone believe that it's going to make its way to CNN or the New York Times? No. It will never see the light of day in print or on the air, 
in any of the major news organizations, save, say, Fox News. They'll report on it, but nobody else is going to bother. So, Patrice, I just hope you are enjoying all that woke money you are getting, knowing the destruction that earning that money is causing. This next story, folks, is from the Post Millennial. And for you folks out there who get a little butt hurt every time I call President Biden creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, this one is for you. Joe Biden spots young girl in audience, creepily says she looks like 19-year-old. So creepy Uncle Joe, folks, he is back, back, back. During a speech at Joint Base Langley-Eustace in Hampton, Virginia Friday, President Creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer made a comment about a little girl's berets and how she looked like a 19-year-old. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jared and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I love those berets in your hair, man. And I guess those folks at the post-millennial absolutely and completely missed the fact that Creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer misgendered this poor little girl. And if you think that that misgendering was horrible enough, no, folks, we're not done with his quote. I tell you what, look at her. Yes, creepy Uncle Joe, we already know you're looking at her. You're eyeing her up going, I want to sniff that hair. She looks like she's 19 years old, sitting there like a little lady with her legs crossed, said Biden. The little girl is the child of Brittany Bean, an honored guest and wife of a soldier currently deployed in Afghanistan. And creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, I bet you are lucky that her husband, the father of that child, is half a world away, eyeing up his daughter like that. And folks, that little girl is apparently in elementary school. Bean and her family briefly shared the stage with the Bidens before the president's speech. This is not the first time Biden has been accused of exhibiting creepy behavior around young girls. No kidding. Past videos and photos show Biden sniffing girls' hair. Told you, folks, and hugging in a way that many identified as creepy. And what do you say to that? I got nothing, so let's move on. From the Daily Wire, all white people are racist. Yeah, no kidding. I hate whiteness. University official who is white goes on anti-racist tirade. As if we don't already have enough self-loathing whites on a college campus. Folks, We got one more for you, serving up her anti-white bigotry. Let's find out more. Days before the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's death, an assistant dean of graduate student affairs at Brandeis University, who is white, wrote on Instagram that all white people are racist and that she hated whiteness. Katie Slater, a self-described racial justice scholar and educator, wrote, Yes, all white people are racist in that all white people have been conditioned in a society where one's racial identity determines life experiences slash outcomes and whiteness is the norm and the default. That includes me, exclamation point. I don't hate white people. I hate whiteness. And two fun facts for you folks. First, Brandeis University, I think that is about almost $60,000 a year in tuition and fees. So you folks sending your kids up to Brandeis University, which, as I understand it, that's in the Boston area, and I believe it's supposed to be a really good school. But apparently, folks, it is also full of self-loathing white people. Fun fact number two, white boy Malcolm X, Katie Slater, we already know she's white. Tell me something else about her. 
Millennial. Very good, sir. <laughs> of course it is a millennial. It is a, to correct you, sir, because you only got the answer partially correct, it is yet another hysterical white millennial chick ranting and raving about whitey. And here's one of her Instagram posts. For all white folks, and yes, folks, she did spell folks, F-O-L-K-X. I guess that's how snooty white people refer to folks. They had to put the X there. It's like Latinx. Only snooty white people use the word Latinx. So I guess only snooty white people also use the word folks. I invite you to take a moment today and reflect on the past year, a year of racial reckoning. And yes, folks, she put racial reckoning in quotes. How have you been paying attention, interrupting, and holding yourself accountable? How will you commit and recommit to racial justice, to disrupting and divesting from whiteness, and to be building a more equitable world that's free of racial subjugation? In a virtual speech hosted by the University of New Hampshire, which, folks, we know is also full of hysterical, dopey white liberals who hate themselves, Slater announced her pronouns were she and hers, adding, the most important aspect of my personality identity for purposes of this conversation is that I am a white woman. Kate, I think you forgot the word hysterical in there. You are a hysterical white woman. You're not just a regular old white woman. I know white women, and I know hysterical white women, and you are the latter. Trust me, dear. She acknowledged, I do want to put out the big caveat that I'm in no way, shape, or form an expert on the history of race and racism. I don't believe that it's possible for a white person to be an expert in race and racism. Honey, you're trying, though. I don't think we can be an expert in something that we enact versus something that we experience. She added, white people need to sit back and shut up right now. Well, honey, take your own advice, please. Your own opinions right now is white people do not matter, quite frankly. Yet again, she keeps talking. You have not experienced racism. <laughs> okay, Kate, you got us there. You got us there. I know, Kate, that you're trying to gaslight us here because if anyone has experienced racism in the past year, it's Whitey. Whitey gets blamed for everything. Whitey gets blamed for when black people hit Asian people. Whitey gets blamed for walking down the sidewalk, of all things, just because it angers a BIPOC person how they do it. I have story after story after story after story about how Whitey sucks and how Whitey needs to be taken down a couple notches. How Whitey is a racist and a bigot and all sorts of fun stuff. Whitey just sucks. So if anyone has experienced racism, it's Whitey this past year. Now I know, dear, I know, Kate, that you are sitting on a college campus. Your lily white ass is up there in the ivory tower. You don't have to worry about too much of the crap that comes out of your mouth. I don't know, dear, if you're just yapping. Yap, 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 yap. So you can get tenure at some point. Look, I'm down for the struggle. I should earn tenure even if I'm a white person. I don't know what your issue is, dear, but don't try to gaslight us, please. Anyway, let's carry on with her nonsense. You represent the oppressor talking about whitey. So do not for one hot minute think that your voice or your journey or your story outweighs the experience of people who have actually experienced racism. Do not presume you know better. Unlike you, dear, do not presume even that you know different. Folks, I am going to do a quick public service announcement because you know what, Wipemakamex? This was our second to last story. Yes, we are actually almost done, sir. So I am just going to expedite this 
Folks, how much more Katie Slater's babble do you want to hear? I suspect none. So let me just go ahead and do a very, very quick translation for you of Kate Slater, the Assistant Dean of Graduate Student Affairs at Brandeis University. Ready? Social injustice. Whitey sucks. I hate myself for being white. There. Very quick. She's a hysterical millennial white chick. And what do they do? Boo! Boo! That's all they do. That's all they know how to do. Other than loot, riot, burn, have a grand gay old time in the inner city. Crying for social justice. Those white women's tears. Crying those white women's tears is about all a dopey white chick like this stupid idiot, Kate Slater. That's all she's pretty much good for. This self-loathing white chick trope this boo these white women's tears. That's why all the BIPOC folk are like, ah, crap. Here is another hysterical white chick crying those white women's tears. Oh, crap. Here's another hysterical white chick crying those white women's tears. How many stories have we had, White by Malcolm X, where the BIPOC folk are catching on to hysterical white chick like Kate Slater? We've had a couple of them now, right? That's what I thought. This trope, Kate, boo, boo social injustice. You are born the crap out of me, dear. Maybe you generally mean it. Maybe you're just spewing this crap out because you think that's what you need to say to make tenure at Brandeis University. I don't know which is true, dear, but you are exhausting and you are boring. So keep on trashing Whitey. If it makes you feel better, if it helps you get tenure, whatever your motivation, I don't know. Maybe you're just mentally ill. I suspect it's a little of all of the above, but keep on keeping on, dear. It's a little boring at this point, but we'll keep reporting on it because I love showing the folks how nutty you folks are. And I meant folks with an X just for you, dear. Okay, folks, enough of that stupid, hysterical white chick crying, 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 her white women's tears. We are done with that, folks. It is time for the smoking gun. And yes, folks, I did check. I went to that website multiple times up until we started recording going, please, 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 sweet baby Jesus, please, can I get that Diamond Robinson story in a smoking gun story? And if you don't know what the Diamond Robinson story is, you really do need to listen to more of my podcasts. Speaking of smoking gun, though, White Boy Malcolm X, Diamond Robinson was not on there, but do you know who was? No, of course you don't, so don't even try to guess. Cedric Moore. And if you folks are like, Miller, Miller, who the heck is Cedric Moore? Folks, and I mean F-O-L-K-S, I'm not throwing an X on there, even if I have a couple of snooty white liberals listening in just to hear what I'm saying. Cedric Moore is the black guy that got out of that SUV in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, walked over and sucker punched a 12-year-old boy, Ethan Hagler. Just went out and went, Pop that kid hard. And at the time, he had been charged with this. Now, the kid was out there, the white kid was out there, and he was hip-hop dancing. And yes, folks, I know that that 12-year-old boy, Ethan Hagler, had a black hip-hop dance instructor with him. But what I said at the time, what I told Cedric to do at the time, was to go get his lawyer and go back into that courtroom and argue that what Ethan Hagler was doing was cultural appropriation, even with a 
black hip-hop instructor right there with him. Even with that, he was still doing cultural appropriation. He was embarrassing. He was being disrespectful to Cedric's culture. Have any of you ever seen a white kid try to hip-hop dance? That has got to be hugely insulting to the black community. I wanted Cedric to argue that point. Your Honor, I'm sorry, but that kid was culturally appropriating. He was invalidating my culture. He was trying to erase me. I was trying to get him to use the language from the transgender community. That's what they do. Oh, you're trying to erase us. You're invalidating us as people. I wanted Cedric to argue that. Did he do it? No. He pled guilty. What did he get? Seven years. So, Cedric, when you're in jail for the next seven years, probably listening to this podcast, probably like, let's hear what this dumb cracker has to say. I get it, Cedric. It's okay. When you're listening to this podcast, don't blame me that you had a crappy lawyer who did not help you get out of this. Anyway, so yes, Cedric Moore, seven years, white boy Malcolm X. That's what he gets for not listening to Miller Frost. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump into this story. It's our last story. It's a midweek podcast. I still want it under 90 minutes. Here's the headline. In Florida, anything can be a weapon. A Florida woman battered her boyfriend with soiled dog pads during a late-night confrontation that also included the victim getting sprayed in the face with Windex, according to police. Investigators say that Ann Walsh, 60, attacked her 64-year-old beau inside the couple's Clearwater apartment Thursday evening. Walsh was arrested for domestic battery and booked into the county jail, where she remains locked up in lieu of $5,000 bond. So this chick, white boy Malcolm X, she is still in jail. As detailed in an arrest affidavit, Walsh engaged in a physical altercation with the victim while he sat on their couch. The retiree, cops allege, took soiled dog pads and threw them at the victim. During a post-arrest interview, Walsh reportedly copped to also spraying her boyfriend in the face with Windex. A judge has ordered Walsh to have no contact with the victim, who apparently was not injured during the dog pad incident. Walsh's rap sheet, get this folks, includes several prior domestic battery arrests, all of which involve the man identified as the victim in the alleged attack. Walsh, however, was not convicted in any of the earlier cases. This chick, folks, this chick got off every single time. And what did that do, folks? Just like a teacher, when you give him probation for banging someone else's kid, it reinforces the behavior. So she's back at it again, and now her butt's in jail. White Boy Malcolm X, I have to say that I think on some level that this story is somewhat cut and dry, but I'm not quite sure of all the details. And so what I would like to do, sir, and for you folks out there, and I mean folks without an X, what I would like to do is kind of walk through what I think happened there. Because let's face it, folks, we don't have all the facts. So we're going to have to kind of Maybe be a little creative. I guess that's my job. Be a little creative with what we think might have happened, what might have led to this latest round of Ann Walsh and her poor beau. So we have, folks, we have Ann Walsh. She is 60 years old. And we have her beau, who is 64. We don't know his name, but I suspect, folks, if she's beaten on him a couple times, that man is kind of beat down. And who, folks... Who better represents a man beaten down by his girlfriend or his wife or what have you by life than Al Bundy? And if you don't know who Al Bundy is, man, you are young. Marry with children. Get with the program. And I can just see Ann. Ah! 
So we have Anne and we have Al. And, folks, we also have a dog because we have soiled dog pads. Unless, unless, folks, Anne and or Al is into that sort of thing. It's a weird fetish. Don't ask. But we're going to assume, folks, it's not either of them. We're going to assume, because I'm looking at Anne, folks, and Anne is the type, folks, to have a yippy little rat dog running around that apartment. Anne's going, yep, 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 to Al. The dog's going, yep, 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 to everyone in the room. So you've got Anne and Al and the yippy little rat dog. Nobody really wants to walk that yippy little rat dog. That's why they have the dog pads. I suspect that Anne is just too lazy to walk the damn thing. And I think Al has more dignity, even though, folks, even though he is still with Anne, despite the number of beatings she's given him already, he still has enough dignity not to walk that damn dog in public. So, folks, I see Anne and Al in the yippy little dog at home on a Thursday night. And what do you think they're doing? It's Clearwater, Florida. They're in an apartment. And I think the two of them are probably watching Wheel of Fortune. Let's face it. It's Anne. It's Al. They probably think that Jeopardy is for snooty white liberals who would use the word Latinx or the word folks with an X. So they're not having any of that Jeopardy crap in their house. They like the Wheel of Fortune. You spin the wheel, pick the words, you get the money. They like it. It's easy. They understand it. Besides, Anne has watched all the Real Housewives shows that she has put on her DVR. She is completely out of Real Housewives shows to watch. Wheel of Fortune's there. She's going to watch that. And because it's Clearwater, Florida, it's kind of hot and humid. And how do folks in Florida like to cool down from a hot and humid day? Anne and Al are no different from any other Floridian. They are sitting there, folks, enjoying a deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel, two ice cubes each. So they are enjoying their deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel. They are watching Wheel of Fortune. And life is good for Anne and Al. Until the show ends. And there's nothing else to do. There's nothing else on for Anne and Al to watch. So Anne, because she cannot, folks, she cannot shut her stupid mouth ever unless Wheel of Fortune's on or a Real housewife show is on. And even then, folks, she is talking over it. If you're watching a movie and Anne's in the room, yep, 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 yep. She's one of those types. She will not shut her mouth for anything. You're like, damn it, I got to turn the closed caption on because I can't hear the dialogue because Anne won't shut up. But to her credit, she does serve a mean glass of white Zinfandel. She doesn't buy the really, really cheap crap. She just buys the cheap crap. So Anne turns the TV off. This is what I picture, folks. Anne turns the TV off. She's had it with the TV anyway. She turns to Al. Al, how is your glass of white Zinfandel? Al is a little fearful of Anne. Let's face it, folks. He has been through a couple of rodeos with her, and he knows that she has a hair-trigger temper. She can go off at any moment, folks. So he's like, honey... This white Zinfandel is delicious, and I am so glad you upgraded us to the good stuff. She's like, do you need another ice cube? He's like, no, dear. Actually, it's just fine. Two ice cubes, it's perfect. Thank you very much, though, for asking. Would you like something to eat, dear? No, honey, I think I'm I'm good. Thank you very much, though. So Anne, kind of like Mama Frost, but shh, don't tell Mama Frost I said that. Kind of like Mama Frost, it drives her nuts when there's too much silence. Two people sitting in a room together, not talking, drives Anne and Mama Frost, drives them nuts. So Anne turns to Al, because Al's not going to say too much, folks, right? He is just afraid of her backhand, and he is afraid of setting her off. So he just kind of sits there, just answers questions when she has one. So Anne says, Al! Did I do that right, White Pumacum X? Is that Peg Bundy? 
Close enough? Okay. I'll take it. Ow! And he's like, yes, dear. What's going on? Do you need a refresher on your ice cubes? He asked her that because he wanted to be proactive. Because you know how a woman is, folks, if you are not proactive in asking her things. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm perfectly fine. Just like you. I got the right amount of ice cubes. Thank you very much, dear. Thank you so much for asking. He's like, Phew, thank God. Didn't want to get that backhand again. What's going on, dear? He figured he might as well get it out of her. Get it over with. Anne's like, Al, did you know I've been listening to podcasts, baby? No, dear. I had absolutely no idea you've been listening to podcasts. Who have you been listening to? Oh, I've been listening to lots of them. But I listened to this queen. He's horrible, actually. But you know what? I found out something new from him. Baby, what did you find out? Honey, I found out that there is something going on about Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform versus a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. I had no idea. That is what the wonderful world of podcasting can do for you. It can open up new horizons. And folks, Al just remains quiet for a moment because he's not sure if she's trying to gaslight him or something. This is a woman, folks, who becomes hysterical if Jeopardy is on and Wheel of Fortune is not because she does not want to watch those snooty white liberals asking questions about an answer. That, to her, is kind of stupid. She wants to see that wheel spin. So he's wondering, what the hell is going on with this woman? Podcasting? What the crap? He's listening to a gay guy on a podcast talking about Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform versus a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform? What the hell kind of crappy-ass podcast would do something stupid like that? And so Anne asked the fateful question right then and there. Baby, that's got me thinking. He's like, oh, what is about to happen? So he takes a big swig of that deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel because he knows, folks, he knows he better drink it now or it's going to wind up on the floor when her backhand comes across that sofa. What do you think, dear? Do you think that Tom Brady's ass looks better in a New England Patriots uniform or if his ass looks better in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform? He paused for a second because he just wasn't sure how to answer. But then he's like, ah, crap, what do I say? know which way to go. I'll just go right down the middle. So he's like, baby, I just don't know. I can't decide whether his ass looks better in a New England Patriots uniform or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. And she's like, well, you have to decide. Everyone is having to decide. You have to pick sides. Al is a traditional kind of sports guy, and he has been watching Tom Brady and following his career at the New England Patriots for quite some time. Yeah, he's been following his career at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but for most of Tom Brady's career, he's been at New England, and that is where Al knows him from. So Al figures, well, that's probably a safe bet. I know she's kind of partial to Florida, but how can you go wrong with Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform? And while he's thinking, of course, Anne is getting a little butthurt that there's silence. So Anne is like, you know what, honey? I think either way you answer, I have to say that Tom Brady, he is so dreamy. Crap, now she's really trying to box me in. But I might as well get this over with. So he's like, baby, I have to say, I have been watching Tom Brady's ass run around a football field for about 20 years, dear. And I would have to say, having watched Tom Brady's ass run around a football field for the better part of 20 years, most of which have been in a New England Patriots uniform, I have to say, dear, I'm partial to Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform. Folks, that was not the answer that Ann wanted. Ann Walsh, folks, is a rabid Floridian. Anything Florida is number one to her. She keeps writing the producers of Wheel of Fortune to have a Florida edition to film in Florida, but everyone knows what kind of dumpster fire that's going to be if they ever bother to do that. Those folks will just spin the damn wheel over and over and over again. And folks, let's face it, they're Floridians. What are they going to ask for? 
numbers. They're too dumb to know the alphabet, folks. They're going to be like, two. Pat Sajak's going to be like, huh? Two? Yeah, two. And poor Pat Sajak, he'll be like, we're looking for letters. I gave you a letter, two. Oh, crap, that's right, we're in Florida. So Anne was just, she was almost beside herself, folks, that her idiot boyfriend, her beau Al, couldn't tell how much better Tom Brady's ass looked in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform than it did, than it ever did in a New England Patriots uniform. And so she got just enraged at him and was like, what the hell are you thinking, Al? And Al was like, ah, Jesus Christmas, here it comes. She's like, you are a freaking idiot, you stupid. And so she just raised her hand and Al's like, oh God, here it comes. But she's like, man, I just don't need another domestic battery arrest right now. But she is still angry, folks. She is really enraged that this idiot picked the New England Patriots over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Tom Brady's ass looked best. But because she didn't want to get arrested, folks, she knew she needed to cool off. So she picked up her deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel and stormed off to the kitchen. And she goes into the kitchen. She's like, "Mm, I am so angry right about now. That stupid idiot, Al, he doesn't know anything. And all of a sudden she's there, yip, 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 yip. And it wasn't from her. So she's like, ah, that stupid, dumb dog. She looked down and there's the dog crapping on another dog pad. Now, folks, Anne is so freaking lazy, she won't walk the dog. Do you think, folks, do you think she's less lazy that she would pick up the soiled dog pads once they were used? No. She just lays the whole damn box out, one after another after another, and the dog just goes and does his little business on the pad, picks a pad, who cares, right? They're just all over, and eventually Al will just come over and just scoop them all up and lay out a new box for her. That is how lazy Ann Walsh is. So she's got literally, folks, it is a minefield of poopy dog pads right there. And they're all full. And that stupid idiot Al hadn't bothered to pick them up for. So not only, folks, is she angry about the stupid answer that he gave her, she is even more angry now. He can't even bother to pick up the poopy dog pads her dog is using on the floor. She's like, "Mm, I have had it with that stupid Al. So she scoops up one of those poopy dog pads. She walks in the living room and she goes, Not only do you not appreciate Tom Brady's ass in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, you stupid idiot, you can't even pick up the stupid dog pads. He's like, are they all full now? She goes, what do you think? And she throws one at him. And it goes, pow, pops him right there. He's like, what the crap? But he kept his mouth closed, folks, because Al knows better than to back talk Ann. She's like, how do you like that? And he thought about answering, folks, but he kept his mouth closed. Oh, you got nothing to say. She storms back into the kitchen. She comes back out again. She's got two poopy dog pads in her hands, folks. One in each hand. She lobs them as missiles. Bam! Hits one. She throws the other one. Bam! Hits them again. Folks, she can throw left and right-handed. She is ambidextrous. She can launch poopy dog pads two at a time if she wants. So guess what she does? She goes back into the kitchen again. Comes out with two more. She launches them both at the same time. Pow, pow! Hits them. He is covered, folks, in dog pee and feces. But he just sits there and takes it. He's like, I don't know what to do with this stupid chick. So he finishes off his deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel, figuring, I'll just go clean up later after she has cooled herself down. But folks, Anne might be done launching poopy pads, but she is not done with Al. She's like, you are dirty. He's like, yes, dear. You are filthy. You are covered in dog poop and poopy bags. Yes, dear, I am. You need to be clean. Yes, dear. She stormed off into the kitchen. She comes back out with a paper towel and some Windex. 
I'm going to spray you down. She starts spraying him in the face with the Windex. He's like, ah, but he kind of takes it. And she starts taking the paper towel trying to rub his face like he's a freaking window or something. He's like, ah, dealing with it and stuff. But he just keeps his mouth closed. Now, in the apartment next door, another couple is sharing a deliciously chilled bottle of white Zinfandel. And yes, folks, they also have two ice cubes in their glasses. And they hear this racket next door. Not the first time they've heard that racket, but they're hearing it again. Husband turns to the wife and says, Jesus Christmas, Mount Anne has erupted again. And they generally like Al, folks. Al is a, Al is a friendly guy. He looks haggard and beaten down, but he seems like a nice guy, and they feel bad that his dopey, angry girlfriend beats up on him all the time. So they pick up the phone, folks, and they call Popo. 911, what's your emergency? Mount Anne has erupted again. That is all they needed to say, folks. Popo already knew what to do. So Popo shows up at Anne and Al's place, knocks on the door. Anne opens the door, and she is still fuming, folks. Popo's like, we got word that there was a disturbance going on here. Anne's like, beep, you. She screamed that really loud, folks, because she knew who called Popo on her, her snitch neighbors which she forgot about when she was launching doggy poopy bags and spraying her boyfriend with Windex. Can I help you, officer? Well, yes, we had a report of some disturbance going on here in this apartment. Really? Anne asked. She seemed incredulous. Yes, ma'am. And Hello again. Good to see you again, I think, possibly. Can I come in? She's like, oh, yes, sure, fine, whatever. She steps aside. Papa walks in. There's Al with poopy bags looking like he's sweating himself but it stinks like ammonia. He's like, what the hell? Sir, what is going on? Al looks up at the popo and goes, Mount Ann has erupted again. Popo has already been here several times, folks. Popo has already seen Mount Ann erupt. Popo knows that Mount Ann is in the middle of an eruption. So the first thing he does is puts her ass in cuffs before he talks to her. Because he knows, folks, Mount Ann uncuffed is not safe for him. He probably should have called the SWAT team as backup, but now he's got her in cuffs. It's a lot easier. So he sits her down on the coffee table. He's like, Anne, what is going on? And she's like, officer, I was sitting here with my beau, Al, and we were enjoying a deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel, the two of us. We each had two ice cubes. It was really good. Officer's thinking to himself, man, I am almost at a white Zinfandel. I'm glad she brought that up. I need to pick some up on the way home. He's like, yes, ma'am. Continue. Well, officer, Wheel of Fortune was over, and I don't like to watch Jeopardy. They're too snooty on there, and all they do is ask questions, and the answers are right there. What the hell is that about anyway? I just like to watch the wheel spin, but they didn't have the wheel on, so Al and I were talking. Police is like, sir, is this correct so far? Al just nods his head. You know, a drip or two of Windex comes down off his hair and rolls down his face. But he just keeps nodding, folks. He's just like, whatever. It is as it is. Been here before. Probably be here again. Officer's like, okay, ma'am, please carry on. Well, officer, when the show was over, I decided to ask Al an important question that's been going around the interwebs. I needed something to talk about. I just don't like the silence. It kind of drives me nuts. Why are people quiet? If two people are sitting in a room, they should be talking. Officer's thinking to himself, hmm, just like my wife. Okay, ma'am, please continue. Well, officer, I decided to ask Al here about the latest controversy all over the interwebs, all over podcasting. Police officer's like, which one is that, ma'am? There are a lot of things going around these days. 
Officer, I asked Al's opinion on which uniform Tom Brady's ass looks better in, a New England Patriots uniform or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. Police officer's like, well, everyone knows Tampa Bay Buccaneers. She's like, thank you, officer. I know. Officer's like, then what's the problem? And scoffed. Al, idiot that he is, thought that Tom Brady's ass looked better in a New England Patriots uniform than it could in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. He said that he has been watching Tom Brady's ass run around a football field for two decades now, and Tom Brady's ass looks far better in a New England Patriots uniform than it ever could in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. The officer said, well, you know, I could kind of see that. Then he saw Ant's face start to get really red. But man, he was really glad he got smart and cuffed her first thing. Okay, the officer says. Turns to Al. Sir, so far so good? I was like, yep. Sir, I'm going to ask you first. What happened? Al looked over at Ann. And even though she's cuffed, folks, she ain't going to wear those cuffs forever. And she'll be back in that house without the cuffs on. So he was smart. He said, I'll let her answer. Ann's like, well, I went into the kitchen to cool down. And when I got to the kitchen, all the doggy poopy pads were used. They were all soiled. And it's Al's job to pick up the soiled poopy pads and throw them away and put down some new ones. So on top of the fact that he insulted Tom Brady's ass by saying it looked better in a New England Patriots uniform than it ever could in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, on top of that, soiled poopy pads. So I got frustrated with him, and I just I started launching them at him. That'll teach him, I thought to myself. That will teach him to pick up those stupid poopy pads, and that will also teach him where Tom Brady's ass looks best. You threw soiled doggy poopy bags at your boyfriend because of Tom Brady. And because he left soiled poopy pads on the floor, he should have picked them up. And you thought throwing them at him was a good idea. I'm just upset I didn't pick up more of them. Why didn't you? Because I had to Windex his face. You sprayed Windex in his face. Hell yes, I did. She wasn't even going to wait. She just jumped right in there. He deserved to get Windex sprayed in his face because his face was dirty from doggy poopy bags. But ma'am, you did throw the doggy poopy bags at his face. So what's the problem? And that is when, folks, the officer recognized that he was going down the rabbit hole of arguing with a Floridian, and he had enough of that every day to deal with, and he wasn't going to do that here. So he's like, ma'am, you are under arrest for domestic battery. You are going down to county jail. And he takes her and hauls her ass down to jail. Judge tells her to stay away from her boyfriend. Judge tells her she's got a $5,000 bond. And guess what Al did, folks? He did not bail her ass out of jail. Al wanted a vacation. And the only way he was going to get one is if her ass stayed in jail for a couple more days. Because he knew, folks, he knew that Mount Ann was coming back and Mount Ann would erupt again. And he just wanted a little breather. So white boy Malcolm X. Did I get that story correct, sir? Mostly. Sweet baby Jesus, my prayers have been answered. I, Sir, I figured you'd give me a kind of, sort of, maybe. <laughs> I will take it. And on that note, folks, since I cannot top a 60-year-old woman throwing soiled poopy bags and spraying her boyfriend's face with Windex, since I cannot top that Floridian dumpster fire, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much, folks, for joining us on this Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost Show with me, your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. 
Have a great rest of your week. A great start to your weekend. You queens out there, you girls have fun at your pride parties. Stay out of trouble and wrap that thing. No venereal diseases this June. But who are we kidding? (laughs) Have a great rest of your week. A great start to your weekend. And we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org heart. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.